the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by WinBet. Get started today, and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions supply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the home of the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And finally, we're brought to you by OddsJam. OddsJam is the betting tool every sharp better needs, bringing you the latest prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with OddsJam. Use the promo code SGP and get 5% off at sportsgamingpodcast.com slash OddsJam. Morning to all you NBA DGENs out there. This is the NBA Gambling Podcast on Friday, May 21st, 2021, episode 181. I am the beach bankroller, the NFT nutcase, the notorious RFB, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee. And I'm coming to you from my new North Carolina private island estate. Follow me on Locker Room at Ryan McKee and on Twitter at the Ryan McKee. Check out my video work at the Action Network's YouTube channel and subscribe to NBA Gambling Podcast on Apple and Spotify. We are going to be pumping out a bunch of episodes for the NBA playoffs for me, Dan the Props God Titus, uh, Zach Swiss Bank Brunner, and Munaf the Machine Manji. Before we get going, let's mention sg.pn slash NBA picks for all of our updated picks against the spread. Every single damn day, we pick every game against the spread. Titus, Moonoff, ZB, and I, every single game. If you're not already, make sure to sign up for our Slack channel. It's completely free, and you get tons of insight from SGPN contributors and uh, an entire NBA DGEN community. So just go to sg.pn slash Slack, if you would, and you can join for free. Uh, very excited. We have our last play-in game tonight, and then all the game ones for this first round are this weekend. So if you want a more overview of the playoffs in general with futures and et cetera, go back and listen to the last two episodes of NBA Gambling Podcast, and also go to the Sports Gambling Podcast with Kramer and Sean Green. Uh, we did a couple of previews there as well. Also, great articles on sportsgamblingpodcast.com with picks and previews. Also, a great article by uh, Terrell, the furious favorite, Furman on the underdog fantasy best ball tourney uh, and strategy there. Uh, again, we're going to be focusing on picks for tonight and the games this weekend. So if you want to uh, share your picks, just request to speak. We'll bring you right in. And also, if you have any questions or anything else you want to point out, uh, just general observations about the upcoming playoffs, feel free to ask to join. Uh, I've got uh, my normal, regular co-host back in the day, Zach. How's it going with you today, Zach? Going well, bro. Great to be back with you. Very excited for these playoffs. This was one of my favorite regular seasons that I can remember. Uh, You know, me and Munaf picked up the slack after you. Uh, 
you know, moved on to better and brighter, but glad to be back with you. I'm glad I'll have back on the uh, regular NBA gambling podcast going forward. So it's a wide open playoffs and I'm excited to break down some of these games for tonight and the weekend. So McKee, it's great, great to hear your voice and great to hear one of those great classic intros that you give. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It's great to hear your voice, too. And I don't like to think of myself as moving on to bigger and brighter things. SGPN is as big and bright as it gets. I just, exactly. I'm all about, I just went for more money. Let's be honest. I, I'm a sellout. I just went for the more money. Appreciate you being on today. Good to hear your voice. Excited to preview some games. We've also got Munaf and Terrell in here. I think Dan Titus is going to be coming in as well. And we've got John coming in. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, I'll get to all your picks and everything you want to talk about. So, uh, let's, I mean, let's get into tonight's game. Memphis Grizzlies versus Golden State Warriors. Warriors, I'm seeing, uh, minus four, minus four and a half, depending on your book. I'm seeing a total of 221. This is going to be a really fun game. Ja versus Steph. Uh, Memphis are one and five against the spread in their last six games, but six and one straight up in their last seven games, which is, Totally reverse of what they were all season. They have the, fir- the fourth best record against the spread all season long. Uh, not as good, obviously, straight up. So uh, that's interesting. I don't know if that really plays into it tonight. I'm all about Golden State. I mean, they're 7-0 against the spread in their last seven games coming into this. Uh, they, these two teams played three times since March 19th. Golden State 2-1. and one. The under hit all three times. The average total for those three games. 216, so quite a bit below what the uh, total number is set at right now. Big money so far coming in on the under. Public's on the over because they just see Steph and Ja, and they think that they're going to score a bunch. But I like the under here to start. Uh, Zach, let's start with you because you were in here first. Where are you going? Yeah, so I do like this under. I think, you know, we always talk about about game seven unders as well. And this does have a do or die, you know, element to it. We do know that in game sevens, they average five or six less possessions than the average game. So at 221, I would lean to this under. And I also do kind of like Memphis in the first quarter here, or maybe even Memphis uh, to get 15 points first. That's at minus 105. Um, you know, I do think that there is kind of this tacit acceptance that Golden State's just going to get this done. And Memphis kind of comes in buck as like this trying to play spoiler, right? No one really thinks that they have a chance to advance. And I do think that they can come out hot. Um, they did play a little bit earlier on Wednesday night. If you want to think about maybe a little bit of a rest advantage. Um, and, and, you know, we look at this last game, these two teams played on the last day of the regular season. The Grizzlies did jump out to a 19, 10 lead in that game before Jaron Jackson left that game to, you know, start getting to their bench. So I do think Memphis can start fast tonight. So I will be on Memphis to score 15 points first, as well as Memphis first quarter. That's at, um, plus one, um, but, you know, I would definitely lean towards the Warriors in the full game. Maybe a good chance to maybe bet, bet Memphis early and then come back on a, on a Warriors live. Yeah, great analysis. Two things I want to add to that real quick. First off, great use of tacit acceptance. That is an NYU law student right there, <laughs> tacit acceptance. Matt, I don't know if I could use that in a sentence at all. There we so go. You mentioned you mentioned the Grizzlies jumping out to a big lead early on, and uh, you pointed uh, Triple J going out. But also in the fourth quarter, uh, Dylan Brooks fouled out, right? And so and he was playing great D against Steph, as good of D as you're going to play against Steph this season. So if, if he doesn't foul out, I wonder how that's different. You know, that's something to definitely watch for tonight. 
Um, let's move over to my man, Munaf. Munaf, what do you got for this game? You know, we talk about all these trends and stats and, and for these two teams all season long, but I just looked at the referee report tonight and who's repping this game and our good old buddy Scott Foster's on this game tonight. So, oh gosh, yeah, Scott Foster yeah. is on this game. So, uh, you could look at it one of two ways. It's that the NBA is sending Scott Foster to make sure that either the Warriors and Curry get into that first round for TV ratings and that exciting stuff or whatever you might want to think of it. But I agree with you, what you mentioned earlier, uh, McKee, with the Warriors tonight. Um, I, I, I also do agree with what Zach said about Memphis first quarter. So if you do like Golden State, maybe wait for a live line. Um, on the Warriors here tonight, just in case the Memphis Grizzlies get out to a hot start. And I think the one matchup that's going to be really intriguing tonight for this game is going to be Valanciunas versus Kevon Looney. And I think that if Looney is able to some way kind of neutralize uh, Valanciunas here tonight, I, I think it may turn into a long night for Memphis. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything you said. I don't know if Looney is going to be able to do much with Valanciunas. Valanciunas looked really good. He's got the height advantage over Looney. He's uh, been a bit more physical than Looney, certainly this season. But um, since you mentioned him, I do like the over nine and a half rebounds and assists for Looney because uh, he's been putting up good numbers since he's been playing more minutes uh, for uh, the Warriors, and let's see, let's see, he has been averaging uh, 10.5 boards and 2.1 assists per game over his recent stretch. And that's only like in 25 minutes. I bet they play him more tonight because they're going to want to try to neutralize Valanciunas. And, uh, and, you know, he can kick out to Steph at any point and get an assist. So I, I do like that 9.5 rebounds and assists, minus 102 for Looney. What do you think about that, Muna? Yeah, and that's a player prop that I did have was his rebounding. I thought seven and a half was a little conservative for him tonight. Uh, he's hit double digits, I believe, in the last two games uh, for the Warriors. And uh, if they're going to have any type of success tonight, uh, he's going to have to have a great rebounding game. Uh, so, you know, we've seen three out of the last uh, four games, sorry, four out of the last five games, he's hit uh, over seven and a half rebounds. And three out of the last five, he's been in double digits. So, And he had 11 last game on Sunday against Memphis. So, uh, that's my player prop for this game is uh, over seven and a half rebounds for Kamal Looney. Great, great. Well, speaking of props, let's move over to Titus. Uh, Dan, Titus, how are you doing? And what do you think about Looney tonight? McKee, what's up, brother? It's uh, great to talk to you again and uh, excited for this game, man. I'm, I'm repping the Bay here. I think they'll cover it four and a half. I think that they got this. But talking props, man, I'm actually I'm actually liking Jordan Poole in this spot. Couple props for him. Um, I see his points line at 13 and a half. While I, I know we were going to talk about Kevon Looney, but like if we're talking about the guy that's been the unsung hero for the Warriors, he played amazing against the Lakers. I think he's going to keep riding this wave. And he's actually exceeded 13 and a half points in, six, his, in his last six games at home with an average of 20 and a half points over that span. So I think he's got a good spot. If I'm looking for a Kevon Looney play, I'm liking his points, rebounds, and assists at 15 and a half, which is pretty modest considering how much he's been rebounding as of late. I mean, we saw him put up double digits in the first half of the Lakers game, and he's done this in five of his last six contests, averaging 17.8 over that span. So if I'm tailing a couple 
couple plays today. I'm going with uh, Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney. And just to throw one other one out there, Steph's, let's talk about Steph's, Steph Curry's points line here, 38 and a half. I had that who's written believe- down. I think that's interesting. Who's, who's believing in that? I'm, I'm going under here, but I would love to hear the, the crew's uh, views on this one. Well, what, he went over 40 points in the last couple games, right? Is that, uh, that right? I'm not looking at it right now. He, I believe he did go for 40 in his last two. Yeah. So I'm seeing that it's uh, at even money if you do the over. So I do think they want people to take that over. They're daring people to take that over. Uh, it's just hard to go against Steph right now. I understand every all the reasoning you're saying, but um, gosh, I just I hate to bet the Steph under. I know, right? So he got 46 in, against the Grizzlies last time. So that's probably what propped up that 38. But he got 37 against the Lakers uh, a it. couple days ago. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, yeah, all good plays. Well, one I wanted to ask about before we move on, Triple J, points, rebounds, and assists. He's at 21 and a half. I bet him points, rebounds, and assists 22 and a half last game. He got off to a great first half and was well over halfway there at halftime and then just did nothing in the second half. I don't know if he's running out of air. He's not quite in playing shape yet or what. I mean, he looks good in minutes played. He's just I don't know what, what what's going on. Anything you're seeing from Triple J there, should we stay away from him? Uh, or should I double down on his points, rebounds, and assists at 21 and a half? I think I this think, is the time where it hits. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, oh, go ahead, ZB. Um, yeah, no, I was going to say that I think this is going to be a good spot for him, actually. Um, we know the Warriors' front court is, has, has a lot to be desired. So, you know, if, if Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to get find his groove and, and finally hit his – go beyond his minutes cap. I think this is where he has a good, a good spot to go off. Um, we've seen the, the three point shooting by the Lakers. They were awful um, last game against the Warriors, but I think that the, the Grizzlies will come out fire. And I think this is a good, a good spot where no one can really guard Jaron Jackson as that stretch four uh, type player, stretch four or five position. Yeah. I'll jump in here. I was going to say with Jaron, I mean, he hasn't closed. He didn't close the game against the Spurs. I, I think Taylor Jenkins is seeing a, with him, that, you know, he needs to kind of clean up his defensive issues. He misses box outs, misses kind of some lazy effort plays, and he didn't close that game against the Spurs. You see John Moran played 41 minutes in that game. Dylan Brooks, 40 minutes. Jonas Valanciunas, 38. Jaron Jackson all the way down to 30 minutes and did not play the end of that fourth quarter. Same thing in that Warriors-Grizzlies game. He missed a big box out on Andrew Wiggins, which led to a second-chance opportunity with about three minutes left in that game. So I think for Jaron... You know, you do worry a bit about he's not going to get the same amount of minutes as the rest of these, uh, you know, main player prop stars on the Grizzlies if he can't kind of clean that up. And we have to see how much Taylor Jenkins does trust him. But the matchup on paper does look good for for a stretch big of his ilk. What about uh, over five and a half rebounds? I kind of like that for Jaron tonight. I mean, he has hit that mark in six of 11 games since he's been back and uh, he wasn't playing a full minutes load uh, I mean three of those games he was under 20 minutes I I'm, I imagine he's at least going to play 30 minutes tonight what about five and a half rebounds Zach yeah I like it I mean the trend backs it um and yeah there should be plenty of opportunities I think going back to that step conversation I think you're going to see a lot of you know hopefully with Dylan Brooks again on him you know he has shown that he could force Steph to be inefficient so I think you'll see a lot of uh you know a lot of uh, opportunities for Jaron to, to get in the glass Awesome. Let's move over to Terrell, man. What do you got? You got anything that we haven't talked about yet or want to jump on anything we've already said? 
Yeah, uh, well, first thing, I just want to say, do y'all hear this all-star lineup right now? You got Zach, Moonoff, and Dan as the big three, Ryan as the veteran presence, Jong's about to get in here as the young up-and-comer, me coming off the bench, oh my god. Hell yeah. <laughs> the squad. Oh boy. Oh, I've always boy. said hey, you're the sixth man podcasts. of the year, bro. These other podcasts, they better they better watch out. But um no, so for this game, I'm on Ja Morant. Uh if we just look at playing games and you know, games that you know you gotta go in there and win, and even though they haven't necessarily won all of these games, Ja Morant has stepped up to the task. Uh, in the two playing games he's played in, he's averaging 21 points, 8.5 assists, and six rebounds. Um, that puts him along the line for the 35 and a half uh, points, rebounds, assists prop. I think he's going to go over it tonight. I think John Morant is going to. Everybody's counting Grizz, uh, Memphis out of this game before the game even starts. I think John Morant is going to come in here and try to make a statement and try to submit his legacy as, you know, somebody coming up in this league and trying to take down one of the Giants and stuff in this Warriors team. So I really like John Morant plays today. Um, and then I also like Steph assists. So to kind of go along with the fade of Steph points, I really, really like Steph assists today. Uh, I'm sitting here trying to uh, go back and crunch the numbers and see uh, when exactly he got all- the nine assists he got the last time they played the uh, Grizzlies, but I think he gets these early. I think the Grizzlies try to close out on Steph early. Like we talked about Dylan Brooks is playing really good defense on Steph. I feel like they try to get him out of rhythm and he's just going to dish out to the rest of the team and get a bunch of assists off the rest of the team. So I like his over five and a half assists today. Great. Love it. Uh, All right. Now to the uh, rookie up and comer, John Lee. John, what do you got for tonight's game? Hey, if I can use uh, Zach's uh, word tacit, we all have this tacit understanding Steph's going to score. But I like uh, what Terrell's, uh, Terrell said about Steph's assist. So I really like Steph's assist today, over five and a half. He got that, you know, nine on a 46-point performance, you know, kind of at the regular season end. And he he's hit, he's hit that, you know, five of the last seven regular season. He didn't hit that against the Lakers, but, you know, in a do-or-die matchup, I love getting six assists. So over five and a half, give me six and more at minus 108. Steph's assist over. Love it. Love it. All right. So um, what we've been doing every Friday, we do a Friday's parlay is a big a, kind of a long shot parlay to, to get that sweat going on. And uh, we only have one game tonight. But I, so I just wanted to, we usually do it at the end of the episode, but I want to throw mine out there for now, uh, since we were talking about this game, uh, I'm doing a three. I got one for this. All right, awesome. All right, so I'll go. I'll come to you next. Uh, so for my Friday's parlays, I've got Golden State money line plus the under 221. Plus, I had to go outside of the NBA for this. I got the Nats money line. Strasburg is pitching. That's at plus 316. Before we get to Terrell, Munaf, what do you think about that Nats money line? Uh, it makes me a little nervous that Strasburg is back. I think it's his first start back from injury, I believe. Um, so, you know, again, Baltimore is on the road here. So, you know, Baltimore, they're pretty good on the road this season, 11-8. But uh, the pitcher that they have going tonight, Jorge Lopez, uh, atrocious. 6.35 ERA. Um 
you know, not great numbers. So hopefully Strasburg is able to go four to five innings here tonight, throw some shutout uh, ball for him, and then uh, the offense is able to carry uh, carry the Nats here tonight at home. All right, that's my pick. I've got the uh, Golden State money line under 221, and then the Nats money line with Strasburg pitching. That's at th- plus 316. Terrell, you always have the great Friday parlays. What do you got? All right, so I got a, a for FanDuel, the same game parlay for this one. I have Golden State money line. I have John Morant to score at least 20 points, so 20-plus points. Andrew Wiggins to follow suit, score 20-plus points. I think um, it's a big Andrew Wiggins game. Uh, and then Steph for six assists and John Morant for eight assists. And uh, I just double-checked that number. Steph hit his assist props in the first half the last time they played the Grizzlies. So that pays out 9-1. to 9-1. One. to one. It's not my 10-1 to one parlay, but it's pretty close. It's like 9.5 to 1. That's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, Terrell will post that in the NBA Slack channel for the SGPN Slack channel. Again, sg.pn slash Slack if you're not already there and you can check out our parlays. Moonop, did you have a parlay for tonight? Yeah, um, I'll have to mix in some baseball here. So let's go with the Warriors money line. Let's go with the San Francisco Giants money line. Uh, the Chicago White Sox money line, and then the over in the A's and Angels game. Uh, 100 will get you about uh, 937, so about close to a 9-1 to one parlay there. Awesome, awesome. Uh, John, you've been doing these Friday's parlays with us. Do you have a uh, parlay for us? Yeah, I, I got a cross-sports parlay. Um, my, my local bookie doesn't do the same in-game parlay, so I'll, I'll do uh, uh, the Golden State Warriors uh, Carolina Hurricanes NHL minus one and a half on the spread at plus one eighty. Boston Bruins money line minus one fifty five. Um, so not not a big one here today, but thirty gets you two thirty three. Nice, like it. Uh, again, John will post that in the uh, NBA Slack channel. Uh, Zach or Dan, do you have anything uh, you want to throw out for the uh, parlays tonight? I, not for tonight, but I do have a parlay that I like for Saturday, which is all the favorites in, in these game ones. And Munaf and I talked about this on, on NBA Gambling Podcast. We really do like these home teams early in this, early in uh, these series. So Bucks money line, Nets money line, Clippers money line, and the Nuggets uh, at a pick, and that is uh, ten. Uh, so plus four fifty, and with the Nuggets being the last game of the night as well, if you do hit those first three legs, you can you know, grab some Blazers money line and then have a free roll on the Nuggets. Um, but I expect these home teams all to come out strong, especially the Bucks and the Clippers. I think both those teams send messages. The Nets, I think, are very superior to the Celtics. So it's chalky, but uh, going with it. So for the Friday parlay, I'll go with uh, all the home teams in these Saturday game ones. I like the rationale behind that, too, because I, I, I'm with you. I do think the first three will definitely hit, and then I'm, uh, we'll talk about it more when we get to that game. But uh, it, it's good to if the, the first three hit, then you're right. You can uh, take the Portland money line. Uh, good reasoning there, Dan. Did you have anything you wanted to throw out for a parlay before we get to the rest of the games? Uh, no, I'll throw the parlays into the uh, Slack channel. Awesome. All right, we are moving on. Uh, we've got the Miami Heat versus Milwaukee Bucks. I'm seeing the Bucks minus five. I'm seeing a total of two 
27. This opened at uh, minus six, down to minus five. Heavy pro money on the heat, plus the points. Uh, Miami five and one against the spread in their last six, uh, whereas Milwaukee are one and six against the spread in their last seven. Milwaukee in this, uh, the three games Milwaukee and Miami have played, Milwaukee two and one on the season. Average score in those games, high total, 322.67. So well over what the total is set at tonight. Um, I'm going to throw this one out there because I I like it, but I I, I I love the Heat, and I, I won a bunch of money on the Heat last playoffs, as uh, Zach can confirm. But I think that the Heat are going to come out hot, uh, win game one, but then I think they lose the series, and you can get that at plus 400. So Heat win game one, lose the series, plus 400. Zach, where are you? Yeah, I mean, I think like most, I am kind of scarred from this last year where I think when we were, we were doing the NBA gambling podcast during the playoffs, I think I might have bet the Bucks on the spread every single game in that series. And you were on the heat every single game in that series. But I know that if I, if I switch sides now and the Bucks end up winning, I will also be very, very disappointed in myself. So I'm going to stick with the Bucks here. And I really like them in game one at minus four and a half. I also like them in the first quarter in this game. I think the Bucks come out. And they make a statement here. Um, look, we we will have to remain to be seen. I think with the with the Heat, the question to me is this supporting cast of Drogic, Hero, and Duncan Robinson, are they going to put up the same performance as they did in the playoffs last year? I'm going to go with no. So I'm going with the Bucks in this series in five games. And I'm going to go with the Bucks in game one as well. And look, if I get burned, at least I know I stuck to my guns and didn't switch sides and get scared away by the Heat last year. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I like you sticking to your guns. Good to hear. Munaf, what do you got for this uh, first Heat Bucks game? Yeah, I was going to echo everything that Zach just said. I think this is a statement game for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they've been waiting for this uh, ever since the playoffs ended last year. I think they're ready. The roster has been significantly upgraded. I think the loss of Jay Crowder for the Miami Heat is going to uh, speak volumes because he was the best three-point shooter in that series against the Bucks last season. Now he's with your Phoenix Suns. So um, something underrated that maybe people are not talking about. So I like Bucks uh, first quarter and full game. And I will take the Bucks to win the series in five games at plus 250. Awesome. Uh, Titus, what do you got? Yeah, McKee, I'm rolling with you, man. I'm going to take Miami in game one, uh, especially like their first half. Uh, total here. Um, they were four and one over their last five um, against the spread in the first half. I don't particularly trust the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I agree. They did ramp up their, their uh, defense since last year. I think acquiring Drew Holiday was one of the savvy moves along with PJ Tucker. I think we'll see him utilize a little bit more in, in these crunch time situations down the stretch, but I don't know. Like I think the Miami heat can at least steal the first game. Um, after that, that's when it's going to get interesting. So I'm going to I'm going to ride with you, man. I'm, I'm going to heat in game one. Absolutely. I, I just I don't think I think Butler had a, a much better season than people are giving him credit for. He's not being talked about in the same light as some of the other superstars. He had a great season. I don't see him dropping this first game to the Bucks. I just think he's going to have that anger. I mean, I know that this is not like numbers based. It's more gut. But I just I like Jimmy Butler here. Uh Titus, are you looking at Butler or are you looking at other factors of the heat? I mean, I actually think it is a Butler factor, man. Like he just, he turns it up in the playoff mode. I mean, he, he did play better in the, in the second half of the season. And, you know, I think while 
you know, ZB mentioned Dr- Goran Dragic. I actually think it's going to be other uh, states, elder statesmen like Ch- Trevor Ariza that I think are going to play way bigger factors. They're long. Uh, Andre Iguodala is going to play his. I know he's an old veteran, but like he's one of those battle tested guys that has plenty of playoff experience where if I'm looking at both rosters, I trust the Heat's lineup uh, a bit more than the Milwaukee Bucks in a playoff scenario. And Jimmy Butler's a dog. We saw what he did over the course of last season and the season before with the Sixers. I think he's he is the best player that's going to be on the court. And I think he controls the pace and the game in a in a way that's going to disrupt the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, we're just I'm just waiting to see the the next the ascension of of Giannis Antetokounmpo in a, in a clutch situation. He had a lot of that same label as James Harden as he just disappears in the playoffs. So. Is this his time? Maybe, but I think this is going to be a really tough first matchup for the Bucks. Agree. I mean, great analysis there, and I'm not just saying that because you agreed with me, uh, <laughs> but it is the smartest analysis we've heard so far in this game. Let's move over to Zhang Lee. Zhang, what do you got for this uh, Heat game? Oh, this is this is a revenge factor. Um, I think Munaf said this on the podcast last night. Um, you know, the the Miami team. You know, they. Them missing Jay, um, Jim, Jay Crowder and um, Milwaukee getting, you know, the likes of Drew Holiday um, and uh, what is it, Forbes. I think I think, I think, think they're just going to be a different team this year. Giannis is going to have that sour taste in his mouth from last year come, come, come to this series. So give me, give me the Bucks. Give me the Bucks in the series. I like the Moonoff's uh, game five pick in the series, but game one, yeah, Bucks all the way. Got it. Terrell, where are you going with this uh, first Heat Bucks game? All right, so McKee, Titus, you guys are right, but you're wrong. So the Bucks had the chance to duck this smoke. They had the opportunity. If they dropped this game to Miami in earlier in the season when the Knicks won, they could. They didn't. Ha- they wouldn't have had to play Miami. They would have had to play the Knicks or the Hawks or something like that. They wanted Miami. They wanted this revenge. They wanted this smoke. Giannis is not the closer of the team. We know this, just like Titus said, we know this is happening. They're going to put the ball in Chris Middleton's hands this year. They learned their lessons from from last year. Giannis has one move, and that's going to be it. You just stop that one move, you're going to stop him in the last possession. Chris Middleton can get his shot off um, in a variety of different ways. So I think they put Chris Middleton in a clutch this year, and that's going to be the reason why they win the game. I got Miami on on the spread, the plus five. I like getting Miami with the five, but I think Milwaukee walks away with a late win in this one. And I think they also uh, get the smoke that they was asking for and they win the series. But I'm going to take them in six for plus 380. All right. Okay, so that means uh, first game, I think we're split three and three against the spread. Uh, but Dan and I are the only two taking the Heat money line because uh, we're the only one with guts. Moving on, we've got the Dallas Mavericks versus L.A. Clippers. Clippers minus five, seeing a total of 219. These two teams haven't played since mid-March. Dallas are 2-1 and one on the season. But again, having not played since mid-March, these are two completely different teams. The average total of those three games was only 200, so well below the 219. Um We've already talked about this a little bit in that we think that the the Clippers are going to roll in this one. So uh, my play here is I'm taking the Clippers money line plus the under, under 219, and that'll get you 
plus 177 parlay. So I like the Moneyline Clippers and the under for plus 177 uh, parlay. Zach, where are you going with this game? Yeah, I'm all over the Clippers here. I think, you know, probably a good use of the Moneyline parlay. Again, kind of a similar spot to that Bucks Heat game where the spread may be a little bit more friendly to the dog, but I think we all kind of see the Moneyline going a certain way. But I will ride with the Clippers, and I'm going to go probably Clippers first quarter here. Um, they start out fast, and Moon off. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I will let you pick up the slack on the Paul George player prop handicap because I know we are both a big endorser of that for this game. Yeah, go ahead, Munaf. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, just echoing again what Zach said is that uh, one thing we did discuss on the podcast was the Dallas Mavericks are going to have to knock down their three-point shots for them to have a chance in the series because Luka is pretty much their only playmaker, maybe him and Jalen Brunson. We've said that numerous times, but what Dallas does well is three-point shooting. The Clippers do it even better. They're the number one three-point shooting team in the league as far as percentage. So, And it's like as Zach said, I think you know Paul George is waiting for this moment. As we talked about last season, Pandemic P was, was atrocious last season in the bubble for the Clippers, and I think this is the time for him to kind of step up, and I think he comes out and plays well here to, tomorrow uh, against the Dallas Mavericks in game one. Um, and I like his over 25 and a half points, uh, points prop for tomorrow against the Dallas Mavericks in game one. Nice. Nice. I like that too. Um, Titus, you got anything uh, on this game or what do you think about that? Uh, Paul George points prop? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I think I was on the same pod that we were discussing the pandemic P and, and, and trying to get past that that nickname and moving forward. And I think that this is going to be the season where we'll see the Clippers come together. Uh, I think the acquisition of Rondo is going to be invaluable for that team as they go deep into the playoffs now. Uh, so I do like a player prop for Paul George. Uh, I'm waiting to see when those lines actually hit. Uh, so I'll definitely throw in some plays into the Slack channel, but I like the Clippers here. I'm not really a believer in the Dallas Mavericks. I think they're a, a regular season team. I don't know what to expect from Chris Porzingis, to be honest, and Luca's not going to be able to will himself, will himself and the and the Dallas Mavericks to uh, a win in this series. And I think that the Clippers will make a statement. I think that they'll probably more likely win in five, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a sweep. Yeah. Any thoughts on uh, the Luca points prop? I'm seeing him at 27 and a half. I would t- would venture to take the under on that at minus 108 odds, uh, mainly because I think that. Kawhi and Paul George are really just going to shut him down. They're going to focus if they can focus on shutting down Luca. Who else is going to really score for them? Every play has to go through him. So, Dan, what do you think about the uh, Luca points prop? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've been a I've been riding a lot of Luca's rebound lines lately. Um, I say over the course of the past three weeks, it's been pretty set at seven and a half. Um, his his points to me is really going to be predicated on how many threes he can hit. And if he's, if he's off, it's not, it's going to be a rough night, but um, yeah, part of me is going to take a wait and see approach on Luca's points prop. I think 27 and a half might be a bit high uh, for game one against a fully healthy Clippers team that we haven't seen in, in quite some time. So I think they're going to be relentless in stopping Luca. So I, I tend to, I tend to ride with you on the, on the under here. Awesome. Terrell, what do you got for this game? Uh, Titus touched on it, but I'm going to go ahead and lock it in. I don't know if you guys can hear me right now, but I am I can sweeping. 
I am sweeping. Let's go ahead and get Dallas up out of here, guys. Plus 490 for the Clippers. They are going to sweep the Mavericks. The Mavericks have nothing for them. Ty Lue has already said what his plan was. He said it at the end of the regular season. We want to prioritize our health. We want to get our guys healthy. And what is the best way than getting guys healthy to go ahead and get the guys in front of you out of your way so you can sit and chill and watch everybody else go to game sevens. So I am going ahead and call it now that the Clippers are going to sweep the Mavericks plus 490. Awesome. All right. Well, so far, we're all locked in on the Clippers for this game one. Uh, John, you got anything different here? No, not at all. Um, give me Clippers all the way. Give me Paul George over 25 and a half points as well. So Clippers all the way. Nice. Moving on, we've got the Boston Celtics at the Brooklyn Nets. Nets minus seven and a half. I'm seeing a total of 228. Uh, Nets are three and oh, straight up and against the spread this season uh, against the Celtics. I'm seeing an average total in the three games of 220. Uh, Brooklyn five and oh against the spread and straight up coming in. I don't know if Boston has anything left after laying the smackdown on the Wiz. So, I mean, it's a big line for a playoff game. Uh, the Nets giving up seven and a half, but I'll go ahead and ride with the Nets. Zach, what do you got? Yeah, the spread's probably a stay away from here. I think it's a big number. So I, I will have the Nets in that favorites money line parlay I mentioned. As we talk here, just came across the wire. Robert Williams did not practice today. So that will be another, you know, injury for the Celtics, harping their depth going to this game tomorrow. So I would probably lean with the seven and a half on Brooklyn, but uh, probably staying away and just uh, keeping this money line action because Brooklyn is a team that we've seen. They can kind of be in a little bit of an enigma and their first playoff game together. I'm just really looking forward to seeing how everything comes together for them and what players are in and out of the rotation now that it's finally go. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I, I hear you. That is a, a high number, so might be a stay away. I'd probably put a half a unit on it, uh, but I am going to go ahead and ride with the Nets. I just don't want to go against such a uh, talented team. Uh, Titus, what do you got for this Nets-Celtics game? Uh, Titus, you're still on mute. Oh, my bad. So, yeah, the uh, Nets. I think the Nets are going to make easy work of this. Uh, to your point, McKee, man, I – after Tate, it's going to take Tatum getting 50 a night for the, the Boston Celtics to have any kind of a chance, even with Kemba Walker stepping up a, a bit. Um, I think this team is just way too shorthanded to handle the the Nets. Now, I wanted to pose it to Manop. I know you, you posted that there's a someone hit you up about a James Harden nine and a half prop. Which way are you going, man? I think that he could get nine and a half and even with limited minutes. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that. Uh... One of the things last week was, or this week was James Harden came out and said he's not about stat padding and, you know, he just wants to go out and win games. And, um, you know, he's going to be taking over the point guard duties for the Brooklyn Nets. So he's going to be, you know, getting guys in their spots and, you know, dishing it to Kyrie and KD for their jump shots or finding them around the basket. So I've, that's one of the plays that I did have written down for as a player prop that I will be on this weekend is, uh, James Harden over nine and a half and quickly, um, just to recap this first game for me for the uh, Celtics and Nets, um, not much on the side. I, I think that the Nets roll. So I do like Nets first quarter. And uh, the fav- my favorite play in this game is going to be the Nets team total over their points. I, I think they'll just come out and play well. Boston's defense was faltering um, there in the back, the back, the last five games of the season. So Nets team total over for me. 
Awesome. All right, John, what do you got for this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with Moonoff. I think that for me personally, the spread is a little too big for me to touch. Um, so I'm going to go with that first quarter uh, uh, spread. First quarter spread. And, first quarter spread. I mean, that's really yeah. I don't have any props on, on that. So yeah, first quarter. Uh, uh, what are you guys seeing on that first quarter? Do you? I don't have it on my book uh, up yet. Moon off, you seeing that first quarter line? No, I don't see nothing. Um, I'm only seeing the f- first half minus four and a half, which which I think I'm okay with. So I'll probably take that minus four and a half Brooklyn Nets. I got I think minus two and a half quarter. on the first quarter. Yeah, got it. Uh, Trey, what do you got for this game? Um, first quarter, I'm actually all over Boston. Uh. Yeah, the Nets just been bad. They normally start games off slow. I'm all over Boston in the first quarter. I think they're still riding that high off of uh, the 50 points that didn't count for Jason Tatum <laughs> because they haven't. Uh, they decided they haven't counted the playing games for either regular season or postseason. So Jason Tatum just has a random 50 point game that doesn't count anywhere. But uh, I think that Boston kind of gets out a little fast. They um, take advantage of the Nets just slowly starting games, but the Nets pull away like they always do. I think the over is in play here. I just see a lot of points scored. I think the first game, the first playoff game, especially against this team, I think it's just going to be a lot of points scored on both sides, so I like uh, taking advantage of any points props you could Awesome. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Portland Trailblazers at the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets minus one. I'm seeing a total of 227 and a half. Portland one and two straight up in this matchup this season, but three and zero oh against the spread against the Nuggets this season. Uh, Portland has outscored them actually in their three matchups, averaging 114 points to 111 points. Uh, I already mentioned that I like Dame to come in here and uh, punch Denver in the mouth in this first game. I am riding with the Trailblazers in this game one, but I do like the Nuggets in the series. As far as Dame, I'm looking right now at his assist prop. He's got uh, seven and a half assists. Uh, the over is at plus 110. I like that in the three games they've played this season. He went over that twice. He had 13 assists in the first game, and he had 10 assists in the last game they played, and he was just under that with six assists in the second game they played. So I like his assist. I think that the Nuggets backcourt without Jamal, they're going to really focus on just trying to double-team Dame and let CJ beat them from the outside, which I think he will, but... Uh, I think that uh, Dame is going to have to dish off a lot more than he's used to. So, Zach, what do you got here? Yeah, so for the full series, I'm going with the Nuggets in seven. I, I think with that Dame prop you just mentioned, that's right. That That's definitely right. Um, we saw with Donovan Mitchell last year in the playoffs how the Nuggets kind of just settled with, okay, we're going to double him at the point of attack, make somebody else beat us. So I do think that Dame will have plenty of opportunity for assists, kicking the ball around. So I like that prop. I like it even more when the Blazers are at home in this series because you get that more friendly statistician. Um, and a lot of those kickouts can lead to like a Norm Powell pump fake and blow by. And then it's like, do you get the assist or not? He takes two dribbles. So that might be something to monitor with, with that Dame assist prop. In this game, I'm, I'm going Nuggets. I think this line is a little bit short. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, not much to it. I just think this Nuggets team, they're at their best with their back against the wall. So with all these injuries, I'm going to ride them here. And I wonder what your guys' take is. Could the return of P.J. Dozier in this series have a similar effect to Gary Harris coming back last year in that series where the ability to bring another guy, another perimeter defender, really turned the tide in that series? Obviously, Will Barton is expected to return game two, three, four, somewhere in there. P.J. Dozier maybe a little bit later, but these backcourt injuries are piling up, and that's not what you like to see against this uh, Dame, C.J., Norm, three-headed monster. I was just going to say, is is this the point where Will Barton becomes relevant for Manaf here? Is this going to swing the series for him? Get the hell out of here with that nonsense. I don't (laughs) hear no Will Barton. No, what do you um, what do you got, Manaf? Yeah, uh, I like Portland this series. Uh, I just think, like you guys mentioned, with the injuries kind of piling up for the Denver Nuggets, it's going to be hard to contain the three guard lineup that the Portland like Portland Trailblazers just like to pull out with Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Norman Powell. And I think if those if you're getting two out of those three guys shooting well every single night against this Denver team, it might turn into a very long night for the Denver Nuggets, especially when you have Compazzo and. Austin Rivers as your starting backcourt and no disrespect to Compazzo I know Zach might get offended he's a great defender but I just think that Damian Lillard is going to cook uh cook uh Compazzo this series but I do like Denver in game one I think they'll come out and play well uh and, and get game one but I do like Portland for the series in seven games got it uh Dan what do you got for the pick here yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with uh, Munaf here. I, I like Denver in Game One, but I think that this series is really gonna be about Portland. I don't doubt Dame Lillard or the Blazers. Their retooled lineup that they have, I think, is actually really built well for a, a run here. And um, I think that they're gonna pull the upset here. I like Portland to win the series, and I, I mean, I just can't go against Dame Lillard, man. Like he's tried, he's he's proved it to us one too many times that he's not scared of the moment and. With Denver's injuries piling up, as well as their lack of of playoff experience, I mean, the the Portland Trailblazers actually acquired quite a few people now with uh, Robert Covington. They got Mello off the bench. Obviously, won't be playing as as well as he used to, but I think that this team is rounded into form. CJ McCollum is finally looking healthy again. Watch out, Portland's going to be a scary team uh, to face, and I think Denver's going to be the first ones to fall victim to it. Are we overlooking – I like what they said, but are, are we overlooking Nurkic here? We haven't even mentioned him yet. I mean, he was drafted oh, wait, in oh, the wait same – Wait for Oh, okay. Let's go to Terrell. Let's go to Terrell then. Let's go to Terrell. You're feeling my thunder. No, you already took the punchline. It doesn't. The joke doesn't get off anymore. You already took the punchline. <laughs> no, no. Well, but, yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy here. We're Nurk, Nurk coming back from injury did not look like the Nurk of old. And I can't even really say Nurk of old because it was just like a long time that Nurk was just this guy. He was just a guy out there. Then he gets to Portland and he's healthy and he's playing and he's balling. Like he's doing everything. He's distributing. He's rebounding. He's tough on the inside. He's get get into the cup. And that kind of fell off when he was going through that rash of injuries. But I think now is the time. I think this is the time that Nurk is able to flourish into what we really thought he was going to be this season. So uh, I don't like that Portland is the favorite to win the series at minus uh, 
115. I don't like that they moved up to the favorite. I think Denver probably should still be the favorite. But, however, I'm going with Portland this series. I think that they're going to figure it out. They're probably going to get punched in the mouth early by uh, just the offensive firepower and, you know, the little scrappiness of whatever they call a defense in Denver. But um, I think that the Nor- that Nurk and Norman Power are going to be the two guys that we're not going to really talk about at the end of the series. But those are the two guys that really uh, elevated them to a win. So I think uh, I like this prop on FanDuel I saw for Denver to go up two to one out of three games. That's for plus 148. And then I love uh, Portland uh, to win in seven and at plus 490. Great, great. And I like that you noticed that Nick uh, as well. Do you like, you like any of his player props for the first game? I'm seeing uh, 10 and a half rebounds right now over under um, points, rebounds, and assists. He's sitting at 28 and a half. Any thoughts on that, Tro? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to look right now for his rebounds prop, uh, not rebounds, his assist prop. I think uh, I think that's part of this part has been really downplayed this season because he just hasn't been getting the numbers in that department. But I think that uh, during this playoff time, during the time where they really need another guy uh, after all the attention that Damon CJ is going to get to just kick out to a guy like a Norman Powell or like a Robert Covington or something like that. So I like his uh, I like his assist prop, and I see them at three and a half. Yeah, I think he could get to four, and I honestly think he can get more to that. We probably might can see a triple-double from Nurk at some point. Wow, that's uh, really going out on a limb there. Nurk, triple-double this series. John, what do you got? Real quick, um, I mean, if Nuggets are going to have any chance, they're going to need MPJ Michael Porter Jr. to kind of step it up, um, make it his stage. Um you know, just showing flashes of his talent is not good enough. Um, he's capable of getting his own, and I. But I think Portland does have you know that lengthy you know defenders to kind of bother him. I'm taking Rip City, Rip City game one, Rip City in game by game six. Rip City. All right, let's move on. We can't wait any longer. LA Lakers at the Phoenix Suns. My Suns are giving up. Three points in game one. It was at three and a half last night when I first bet it. Moved to minus three. Um, Sharps and the public are split evenly so far against the spread on this game one. Uh, But sharp money heavy on the under. Again, two twelve and a half. This is the lowest total on the slate for game one. So uh, it should be a defensive punch each other in the mouth battle. Of course, I like the Suns. But Zach, what do you got? Sorry, I was on mute. I'm going uh, game one. I think I will go with the Suns here. Um, I, th- I think that they, you know, with the Lakers, we kind of have seen them in do or die mode. We saw that in, in the end of that game against the Warriors. But now we come back to game one of a seven game series. And, and we've seen LeBron kind of take it easy early here. Now the pressure's a little bit lighter. So I think the Suns come out in game one here and get the job done. Maybe even a big win, make it like a 15 point type win here. So I like them on that minus two and a half, but I am going with the Lakers and six in this series. All right. Uh, gosh, stabbing me in the back. I mean, it's the first time we've talked to in a while, Zach, and you go ahead and you take the Lakers. Sorry, bro. Ouch. <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. Munaf, what do you got for this? Yeah, Lakers ain't shit. I, I've been setting, I've been saying it since we started talking about the playoffs. They're going to get bounced in the first round. I think it's going to happen. I, I'm taking the Suns with you, McKee. Uh, give me the Suns in six uh, games. 
Listen, with the Lakers, they kind of look lost on offense. And I know uh, Dan's favorite player, the MVP for the Lakers, Andre Drummond, it's you know going to make a huge difference <laughs> for this uh, for this squad. But uh, you know what? It, it just seems like when I'm watching some of these Lakers games, either that they are um, they either like they look too lost on offense, or they just you know either the injuries are still affecting both AD and LeBron, but. Outside of those two guys, I just don't see who's going to step up for this team. You know, we've been waiting for Kyle Kuzma to step up, but it just hasn't happened. And, um, you know, with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, I think these are, these guys are going to be ready to play. Uh, the three-point shooting of the Phoenix Suns is going to take a big toll on the Lakers because they can't match the shooting of them. And I like Phoenix to get this done in, in six games. I think Lakers are gone in the first round. Hell yeah, that's my ride or die moon off right there. Love what you're saying. Tie <laughs> this. Are you going to go team moon off and Ryan? Or are you going team Zach, who's the loser? Which team has Andre Drummond on, 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 on their team? Because that's the one I'm fading. Uh, the Lakers are freaking terrible, man. Like, I, it's taken LeBron. LeBron's already making excuses. He's seen three rims and all that. Like, they went toe-to-toe with a squad that I feel like they should have beaten pretty handedly, even though the Warriors were playing pretty well towards the end of the season there. Like, I can't believe that they're going to beat the second-best team in the league, one of the best teams defensively. And I think this is where Chris Paul finally gets it done, beating beating uh, LeBron in this in this state. So, I don't know. I, I, I lean towards the Phoenix Suns in six here. I don't think that the Lakers have built while – even though they're the defending champions, they don't look like it on the court. I think that they have a, a chemistry issue. I think they're battling injuries. And unfortunately, they're going up against a really good team that has a lot of depth, um, ex- ex- exceptional three-point shooting, as well as discipline and IQ. And when you have Chris Paul leading the end, uh, running the team, I don't think they're going to make as many mistakes as the Lakers will. And, and give me the give me the Phoenix Suns here. First Hell game, yeah. and they're going to win in six. Awesome. Hell yeah. Okay, uh, John, what do you got here? <laughs> So I'm a Laker fan, but I I don't I just don't like this team this year, and I can already see just you know everyone in the, the media just kind of making excuses for the Lakers or or uh, torching the Lakers, but not giving the Suns the credit, right? So I think I think even even if the Lakers pull this out, it, it would only be in Game Seven. I don't think that's going to happen in Game One. I'm taking the Suns. All right. Even a Lakers fan taking the Suns. Zach, wow, what were you thinking? Uh, let's finish up for this game with Terrell. I cannot believe you all are disrespecting your king like this. Yeah. No way. No, I am flabbergasted right now. I the am king, absolutely. The king can't see. No, it doesn't matter. He still cashed at three from 34 feet out and couldn't see. Oh, no way. No way. Oh, no way. Look now, I love this Suns team. I love what Monty Williams is doing and resurging his career as a head coach. I love Chris Paul and what Chris Paul came in and brought to this team and Devin Booker stepping up to the challenge. But this team isn't playoff ready, man. Come on. Come on. They got, yes, they got some journeymen. They got some guys that have been there before. They're they got, they've done all this. They have one of the top defenses, but so do the Lakers. This Lakers team is ready. Now, are they going to win this first game? Absolutely not. It's still LeBron James. They're going to drop this first game, but then they're going to go and have a gentleman's sweep and win the next four, plus 500 on FanDuel, trying to tell you right now. So it 
they they're going to take this game. They're going to fill out the Suns. The Suns are going to make that statement at home the fir- as the first game in a while that they've had um, a playoff game at home. They're going to make that statement at home. But after the high is down, after they get you know whatever they're going to get after the game and all that, after all that comes down, you got to look across from you and you still have the Lakers. You still have a championship pedigree team. I don't care what the injuries look like. I don't care what the team has looked like previously. This has always been the narrative of LeBron James' team, and they always rise to the occasion. I got the Lakers to win this series. I'm taking a long shot and saying that they went in five after they dropped this first game. That's my pick. Wow. I hope that you liked the last time you're ever going to talk on this podcast, Rob. I hope you're real proud of yourself <laughs> for what you just said there. hope you're real proud of yourself. Okay, we've got two games left, and I know that Zach has to jump off at one for a meeting. Uh, Zach, you want to go ahead and quickly give us your Washington at Philadelphia and Atlanta at uh, New York picks? Yeah, I, I'm so... Game one, Philly at home, minus seven, definitely laying that. So I'm going with the Sixers, minus seven there. Going to go with the Sixers and five in that series. What was the other, what was the other game you wanted me to pick? Uh, Atlanta New York. Atlanta, your New York team. Knicks game one, vacillating on the series pick. I'm going to go – my homer pick is Knicks in seven, but my mind saying Hawks in six. So put me down for Hawks in six in that series. But I do like the Knicks in game one. Know a lot of people going into that game. The Garden's going to be rocking. So I think I think the Knicks get it done in game one. I think the home teams will have the advantage in this series. Um, I think the Hawks have enough to steal one and then close it out at home in game six. And, yes, John, uh, uh, shout out, my vocabulary is on point today. your your vocabulary is on point thank you so much for joining us zach i know you gotta jump off and i'll catch up with you either later today or this weekend uh let's stay in new york since we uh brought it up and i because i want to get terrell's take what is keeping me from betting my entire retirement fund on the knicks first half minus a half and that's even money terrell should I put it all on the on the New York first half? Oh, absolutely. Come on, sir. The first playoff game in Madison Square Garden since, what, 2013? 2014? That season with Melo? Are you serious? Are, what? No, it's going to be rocking. They sold out whatever amount of seats. I think it's like uh, some 7,000. 7,000 fans going to be there, something like that. No, absolutely. This team is going to come out in high energy. They're not only not only on the offensive end, but defensively, they're going to be all over Trey Young. They're going to be all over, stuck like glue to this entire Hawks offense. That's the reason that I like the Knicks as a big favorite to win this game. I don't even – I don't understand where all these – it has to go to seven games because it's the Knicks and the Hawks, and we kind of didn't think either one of these teams were going to be there. No, it, it doesn't have to go to seven games at all. I see this ending in five, and I'm being generous with five and not even trying to homer just because the Hawks don't play defense and the Knicks do. The Knicks are still a top five defense in the league, top three if we want to be particular. So I think that defense is going to travel when they go down to Atlanta. I think they're going to want to show out for the home crowd. They're going to want to put on a good series. Trey Young is going to do what he's going to do, of course, but I think they're going to stick like glue to everybody else and make it really hard on that team to score anything. And I think this is just a bad matchup. Uh, a bad matchup for the Hawks. I like Clint Capella in this series to 
uh, put up a lot of rebounds every every given night, but I don't I don't see it, guys. I think that this is over in five, honestly. And I'm not even trying to be homer. I just think the Knicks defense is going to be too much for the home. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely going with New York here as well. I don't know if I'm as uh, ballsy as you to say in five, but I really like New York here. Don't understand why uh, a lot of people are picking Atlanta. New York in the three games they played uh, head-to-head this season, 3-0 and for New York against the spread and straight up. Public and sharp money heavy on New York and the over. I'm seeing The total is 215. Um, the total was set at 219 in the last two matchups and went over both times. So I, I do think that New York can put up a lot of points on Atlanta, more points than they normally do. The thing I'm looking at is the coaching matchup here. Nate McMillan, he took the Pacers to the playoffs four years in a row as the head coach. He got swept in the first round three out of those four years and took the Cavs to seven games in 2018 but also a first-round exit, whereas Tibbs, his first year in Chicago, took them to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, only time post-Jordan that the Bulls have made it. So really like the Knicks here. Dan, what are you thinking? I'm riding, man. Terrell's got it, man. I don't know what, what all this slander is for the Knicks just because they haven't been in the playoffs since 2013, man. This is a real squad. They play defense. This is what wins championships. They're not going to win the championship, but they can at least get past the Atlanta Hawks. I don't get the disrespect. Um, Nate McMillan, I love the way you just broke that down, McKee. To me, he's been the he's been one of the reasons why Atlanta has been surging in the second half of the season. Um, surprisingly, over the last three games, though, Atlanta's played uh, some of the best basketball on the defensive end. They're number one in, in defensive rating um, on defense, but... The Knicks are at four, and over the course of the season, you don't bet against the Knicks in the first half. They're going to cover that. They're going to take care of game one. I love that the energy is back in Madison Square Garden. As much as I'm a Sixers fan and Stan, the NBA playoffs are better when the Knicks are in the game and in the in the tournament. So give me the Knicks here. I think that they're I think Tibbs is going to unleash Derrick Rose, which I think he's I think he should be in the conversation for most improved player just off of what he's gone through in the course of his career. And Joyce Randall is just really shouldering all of the load, man. I don't, I don't see anyone on Atlanta that's really going to check him. And, and the way that RJ Barrett's been playing very, very uh, took the next level in, in his game in year two. So give me the Knicks here for the series. I think that they'll win in five, maybe six. I think that Atlanta will be able to maybe steal, steal a game or two, but. Yeah, this is too much. The Knicks are going to be too good for for this Atlanta team. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, all right. We've been going for an hour. I have to get back to work soon, but let's get through the rest of this. So, uh, Munaf, quickly, what do you like? New York, Atlanta. Yeah, I love New York in six. New York in six. What do you got for game one? Uh, I'll take New York. Uh, New York is 13 and four as home favorites this season. Uh, I, I think this is going to be one of the home court advantages that is going to be rocking at Madison Square Garden. Like Terrell and Dan mentioned, it's been eight years since there's been a playoff game. It's going to be hyped in there, and the the Knicks are going to be thriving off of that energy from the fans. So give me New York all day in game one and for the series. All right, John, what do you got? Give me, um, give me New York in six and um, game one. Awesome. Uh, all right, so the final matchup we have to talk about right now, Washington at Philadelphia. I'm seeing Philadelphia minus 6.5, minus 7, depending on your book. Seeing a total of 229. Philly took all three games this season from Washington, but 
Washington against the spread was two and one against Philly. Uh, high, high total uh, only would have hit once when the two teams played in January when they went for 135 to 141. That was a no OT even. Uh, Bradley Beal dropped 60 in that game. Public and Sharps both really on Philly and the over. Dan, let's start with you. Washington, Philly, what do you got? This is going to be a sweep. Philly and four. Let's let's get out of there. Move on to the next round. Absolutely. Munaf, what do you got? Yeah, I agree with Dan. It's either going to be a, a quick sweep or, or Sixers in five max. Um, I don't know who's going to be able to contain Joel Embiid inside. I know they picked up a couple guys. Alex Lynn did a great job uh, last night against the bonus, but I think it's just going to be too much, uh, too, too great of a defense for the Washington Wizards to handle. I'll take Sixers in game one and also like their team total in, in the first uh, first game for the Sixers. Yeah, as a Phoenix Suns fan and an early Alex Lynn believer when they drafted him, uh, let me tell you, he is not going to do a good job against Embiid. And I don't even know why you would name him, Munaf. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gafford's been doing pretty well, I, I think, for for the Wizards. So there may have maybe a chance there. But other than that, again, like I said, Sixers and four, uh, four in a sweep or five games max. Yeah. Uh, Terrell, what do you got here? Uh, I don't know if you can hear me again, but yep, go ahead, get the Wizards up out of here, guys. We're not going to waste any time with this. They, the Sixers got swept the last time they was in the playoffs. They, they're, they're mad. They are mad because that the Wizards lost that game to Boston. That is what the 76ers wanted. If they wanted anything, they wanted Boston. So they are absolutely fuming at the Wizards right now. They're going to get them up out of here, guys. Sweet. There's nothing else to talk about with this one. Absolutely. John, what do you got? Sweep all the way. So game one, obviously, 76 or all right, I got to get out of here. Thank you so much for everybody joining. Those who wanted to talk who I didn't get to, I'm so sorry. We went longer than I thought, and I'm on my lunch break right now from work, and I have to get back, so I apologize. Make sure to subscribe to NBA Gambling Podcast. We're going to be pumping out a ton of episodes for the NBA playoffs with Munaf, Titus, me, and Zach. So lots of fun coming up. Thanks again. Best of luck with your uh, last playing game bets tonight. And look forward to talking to y'all soon. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.